First person point of view, third person limited, third person omniscient, first person omniscient. Is second person even a thing in fiction? What is the best point of view to tell your story in and why? It can seem like such a highbrow discussion, can't it? <laughs> it can be really, really confusing, but it doesn't have to be. If you've ever struggled with what point of view to tell your story in, this episode is for you. I'm going to discuss the various points of view you can use to tell your stories, uh, the pros and cons of each, and the pitfalls I see many authors in today's market falling into. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. That was a fantastic episode that you've just recorded about character templates. And the amount of information that you've given us is really, really valuable. I didn't realise it myself, but I actually intuitively had followed in my first book the uh, the first template and then the dynamic template after that in my second book following on from the same character. So knowing I'm kind of on the right track and that it's appealing to readers makes a lot of difference. Thank you so much for everything you do with your podcast. I'm really, really enjoying it. And the amount of information is so easily applied and very practical. Thank you. Thanks so much for that review, Kath. I'm so glad that the podcast is valuable to you and that it's helping you know that you're on the right track. That's the idea for my podcast, so I'm really pleased that it's working for you. If anyone else is interested in the episode she's talking about um, concerning character arcs, it's episode 169 from about three weeks ago. You can go listen if you want to have the same epiphany that Kath had about her character arcs. And remember that if you want to uh, leave a review or ask a question or suggest a topic that you'd like me to do an episode on, you can go to speakpipe.com forward slash the prolific author and leave me a recording there okay so thanks again Kath for that I really appreciate it okay so let's talk about point of view point of view can be a tricky thing in fiction um, I was originally just going to do one episode on this but eventually when I got started it kind of turned into two so this is kind of part one of two and the second part will be next week um, I'm gonna start off by telling you a story so some time ago, I was reading a particular series, and it was something that one of my brothers suggested that I read because he really liked it. It was a fantasy series, kind of YA, and honestly, it was a really good series. It was a good story, the characters were well-developed, and I did enjoy it. However, there was one thing that kept driving me absolutely batty. Very often, in the middle of a scene, in the middle of a paragraph even, the author would 
switch POVs from one character to another. And it was so jarring. I would be reading along, thinking I'm in, you know, this male character's head, and then all of a sudden we were in the female character's head. And it always tripped me up. I had to stop, go back, figure out when he had changed heads that we were in, and then move forward from there, okay? It's what a lot of us in the space call head hopping. And it's a big no-no when it comes to fiction, okay? It's really difficult to be able to stay in the story, to understand the story, to not get confused um, for your reader. I mean, your reader is going to be really confused when you do that. Honestly, I read a couple of books of the series and then I stopped because the head hopping was so bad, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't keep reading the story, okay? Now, that is exactly what is tricky about point of view. And it's a problem that a lot of authors, especially new authors, but also some seasoned authors have. I mean, this guy, his series was actually pretty big. I mean, it, it wasn't, he wasn't a U.S. author, so I don't think it was quite as big here. I think he was from uh, Australia or something, but this was a high-selling series, and like I said, it actually was a pretty good story. It was well-developed, um, so he was a very successful author, and even he was doing it, right? But it literally turned me off to the story. I couldn't keep reading it because it was just driving me nuts. So how do you avoid doing this? How do you write your story in a way that flows and is continuous and easy on your readers rather than jarring them and pulling them out of the story every few paragraphs? Well, that is what this episode is all about. So let's start by defining point of view. In fiction, what does it mean? Um, you may hear me throughout the episode abbreviate it as POV, which is pretty common. Um, and that's just kind of funny to me because I have a book called Persistence of Vision that I also abbreviate as POV. So I kind of have two definitions for what POV is. Um, but anyway, the point is, point of view in fiction simply means who is telling the story to whom. Think about that. When you're picking a point of view, who is telling the story to whom? It's actually a very simplistic definition, but if you can remember it and keep it in the forefront of your mind while you write, you won't have any problems with POV and especially with head hopping. And let me explain why. See, when it comes to point of view, most authors obsess about which one is best for telling their story, okay? Should I use first person? Is third better? What's the difference between limited and omniscient? Most people will say that first person is better and immerses the readers more effectively, but on the flip side, a lot of really ridiculously successful authors also use third. So if first is better, why do so many people use third? Okay, so these, these arguments just go on and on. They become really circular and they never go anywhere. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. Which POV to use, and we will go over them in a minute because it's definitely important that you understand them, but which POV to use is not the most important consideration for your story. It doesn't really matter which one you use. And, and understand me, there's more than likely one POV that's more suited to your story than others. So in that sense, yeah, it matters which one you use. But which one you use and which one is more suited to your story is all going to be a matter of personal taste, your writing style, and you know, the story that you've come up with. And honestly, it has a lot to do with what you like to read. Okay. And that's, I'm going to kind of go over that a little bit more in the next episode when I'm going to talk about how to choose the best POV for your story. Um, but let me ask you something. Um, is there one POV that all successful authors use no matter what? No, of course not. 
<laughs> you better said no. The answer is no. And on the flip side of that, is there one POV that less successful or, you know, commercially unsuccessful authors always use? No. Obviously, if there was a POV that always made you less than successful, nobody would use it, right? So the point is, super successful authors write in all kinds of POVs across the board. And books that are considered flops and get terrible reviews also have a wide range of POVs. So my point is, what POV you use does not determine your success as an author, which is why it doesn't really matter which kind you use. You have to decide what's best for you, what's best for your story, what will suit you best. But don't listen to people that always say, first person is always better or third person is always better. Okay. That's, it's just not going to be true across the board. That's a vast generalization. So what POV you use does not determine your success as an author. In fact, what POV you use doesn't even determine your success in writing that POV. Okay. That's all going to be up to you and your skill as a writer. So what does determine your success when it comes to the point of view you pick? What is the most important consideration? Well, lean forward, gonna whisper it to you. (laughs) You ready? Consistency. You must be consistent with your POV. So the story I just told you about head hopping and that other author, the author was not being consistent. I mean, he was constantly changing whose head we were in. So think about that. If you're writing a scene and you're thinking about the definition of POV, who is telling the story to whom? One character would be telling the story, meaning we're seeing things through one character's eyes. If you're suddenly jumping to another character, you've become inconsistent because now it's a different character. Now, there are ways you can do this. In you know third person, we very often tell the story from many different character points of view, and that's okay. But we have to give some sort of signal to the reader that we're changing POVs. The no-no comes when you're doing it mid-scene without any indication that you're about to change heads. Um, This author was literally doing it mid-paragraph, okay? It was so hard to figure out what was going on when he did that, and he did it many times every single scene. And it just, like I said, it drove me crazy. I couldn't stay in the story. so again, it just, you have to be consistent. And that is the most important thing you can do when it comes to POV. No matter how good your characters, no matter how good your plot, no matter how well developed your world, if you are not consistent. So the next question you probably have is how to remain consistent. In order to be consistent, you do need to understand what the different point of views are that you have as options to write in and what they mean. It's the only way to stay consistent and it will help you make an informed decision about which one is best for your story. So grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to take notes on this so that you can have it as a reference for later and especially for next week when we talk about how to pick the, pe- the best POV for your story. All right. So the main ones we're going to be concerned with are first person and third person, but I will also touch on second person. And then of course there's limited and omniscient, which they're kind of add-ons. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Just some really basic definitions. I'm sure there's lots of you who already know what these are, but in case you don't, first person means that they speak in I's and we's. I went and did this. Um, We went and did that. So it's like you're sitting there actually talking to your buddy who is telling you the story of their experience. Okay, that is what first person is. Third person is when you use he, she, them. So it's more like someone on the outside who is telling the story about other characters. Okay, that is the basic difference between first and third person. And those are the two main ones we usually use to tell fiction. 
Um, second person is not generally good for fiction. It's, it would be very taboo, maybe something to you know, test out if you're writing some experimental fiction, but it basically means you're talking to your audience. So you're saying things like you, then you go do this, or you feel this way. So we see it a lot when it comes to um, sales letters and, you know, speaking to an audience, nonfiction, but generally we don't see it in fiction. And again, if you wanted to try something out like that experimentally, you know, more power to you. But in terms of making sure that, you know, you have something that's going to sell, the audience is really looking for either first or third person. Then there's limited versus omniscient. Let's first define what these are. Limited just means that you only have the knowledge of the one character who is telling the story. So once again, going back to that definition, uh, POV is who is telling the story to whom. Whoever that is who's telling the story only has a limited pool of knowledge about their world. So the audience can only know what's in their head and what their experience of things are, right? That's why it's limited. It's limited to that character's experiences. Omniscient is what it sounds like. It means that whoever is telling the story knows all things about all characters all the time. You don't see this too often anymore in fiction, but you'll find it in some of the classics where um, it's almost like the point of view is some outside narrator who already knows everything about all of the characters ahead of time and therefore can tell us absolutely everything about them, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're doing, all of that. Here's the thing. If you really want to immerse your reader in your world and in your characters and in their emotions and in their thoughts and in their experiences, it is my belief that you should never ever use omniscient. Omniscient literally puts a barrier between your reader and the experience of what they're reading. Okay, so let me give you an, an example. Omniscient would be, you know, you as the author are talking about um, Bob who's walking down the street taking his daughter to school. And then you, you know, you can talk about who he is and what he knows and what he's thinking. And then all of a sudden you lift up out of Bob's head and you go, oh, and on the other side of town, Lisa was also just leaving her apartment. You know what I mean? It's, it's you telling the story from the outside rather than immersing them into the mind of that character. And it's just not going to be as effective a way to tell a story. You're just not going to be able to get your reader as immersed telling the story that way as if you use limited. So again, it is my opinion that you should always use limited and it doesn't matter whether it's first person or third person, it should always be limited. It's just a more effective way to write fiction, okay? So those are the main point of view options that you have. First person, hopefully limited, and third person limited. So it's gonna sound really simple and of course it's more complex to do it than it is like I'm going to make it sound, but all you really have to do is pick which one you want to use for your story and stay consistent with it. And why is that one more time? Because if you are inconsistent, if you are head hopping, um, if you're jumping around all the time, then it's going to interrupt the flow of your reader's reading. Okay. It makes them have to stop and think and not in a good way, in a bad way. It makes them have to stop, figure out what's going on in your story before they can jump in again to the story and we don't want that we want them to be immersed in the world and being inconsistent with your pov is probably the best easiest way to pull them right out of that world and that is not what we want they're going to put down the book just like i did with that story i told you and obviously we don't want that now it is important to understand one thing to really fully grasp what you're doing in the format of your story what i mean is 
we are naturally going to pull our readers out of the story several times throughout the book and that there's nothing we can do about that it's just the nature of fiction every time a chapter ends or we have a scene break anything like that that does naturally pull them out of the story but the goal is to do it as little as possible and that is why it is so important to make sure that anytime you end a chapter or a scene it's on at least a little bit of a cliffhanger not necessarily a literal your character is hanging over a ledge by their fingernails kind of cliffhanger, but just something that pushes them into the next scene and makes them want to keep reading because there are natural breaks in the story in which they could very easily put down the book and we're trying to keep them in our story, keep them in our book. So naturally we are going to do this throughout the story, but we want to do it as little as possible. I said before that I would talk more about um, how to signal to the reader that you're changing POVs, right? Because I personally prefer third to first person. It's just what I like to read. It's what I like to write. I'll talk more about that next week. But in third person, we do have scene breaks and chapter breaks, and then we switch to a new character. But using those breaks signals to the reader that something is changing, and it makes it so that they can process it much, much more easily because it's what they expect, right? It, it creates a, a pattern, if you will, that they're used to, that they can latch onto. It's much more effective to do it that way than to suddenly hop heads in the middle of a scene. Okay, yeah, it's going to pull them out of the story a little bit, but it's much smoother and a, a more consistent way to do it. Um, their brains can process it, and usually they will glide right over those breaks and not even think about them, okay? And that's what we're going for. Just making it easy for the reader to read your book, and of course this is all assuming that the rest of your writing is really, really stellar, right? So um, I have another little story about when this happened, and it wasn't even so much to me. Uh, there was a really popular mainstream book uh, several years ago that came out. I'm not going to tell you what the title was. I never actually read it, but I was talking to my sister, and she told me that she read it, and she really liked it. Now, I knew that the main problem with this book was that it was really poorly edited. I mean, it was just understood among writers, and uh, my sister is not a writer. She's only a, you know, a moderate reader. So when I was trying to explain to her why I was not interested in reading that book, I mean, I had to kind of do it in layman's terms. If I had said, oh, but didn't the passive voice bother you? I mean, she would have, that would have been Latin to her. She would have thought I was speaking in tongues. So I said, okay, let me ask you this. When you were reading the story, were there parts of it that was just it made it really hard to, to read and really hard to stay in the story. And you had to go back and reread and figure out what was going on. And her eyes just got really wide. And she was like, yeah, actually, now that you say that, that happened a lot. H how did you know that? <laughs> and I said, it's just really poorly edited. And it's not the kind of thing that most readers can really put their finger on. They're not going to be able to articulate that, you know, you were head hopping or that there was too much passive voice or that there were too many adverbs. I mean, that's just not something readers really say in, um, in reviews and such, but it does make it difficult for them to read. And once I put it in words she understood, she was like, yeah, totally that happened with that book. And I was going, see, that's why I don't want to read it. It's less about the content of the book and more about the way it's written. And because I'm a writer and I edit my own stuff, I noticed that and it really gets under my skin. So I can't, I can't read that book. It would drive me crazy. Um, anyway, so you get, you get the idea. This is what we're trying to avoid. You need to pick your point of view, stay consistent with it, and make sure that you are limiting the information that you're giving to your audience to what that character would know or can observe. And that's something that I haven't entirely touched on, but it's a little bit of a different topic. Um, there's such thing as what my critique group calls POV changes. And it's not even so much that we're head hopping. When we say that, usually it's like, 
okay, this character just told the audience something that she has absolutely no way of knowing. How did she know that? And it's because the author didn't realize they were giving us too much information for that character's limited point of view. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Anything that you're revealing, would the character actually know that? You know, and it's got to be either something they know from their experience before or it's something that they can observe, you know, even if they didn't know it before. But if they're just suddenly knowing something, you got to let the audience know how they know that. Otherwise, you just did a POV change. There's no way that they would know that from their point of view. Okay. So uh, let's come back around to things. How to stay consistent. You just need to ask yourself constantly, who is telling my story right now? And would they know this? Or what would they know? All POVs are inherently limited and again I talked about how that's the best way to tell the story it's the most effective way but guys it's also the most true to life okay if we are telling someone else the story of our experience we are not all-knowing right we only know what we experienced we only know what we know or what we can observe so it also makes the story more realistic more true to life and therefore the reader is going to latch onto that more effectively you know what I mean if they are going okay how on earth did this character know that it's, it strikes them even if it's just subconsciously as unrealistic and they have a hard time getting behind that story so again you're it's what I always preach about you need to do things in a way that naturally makes sense to the reader okay and then they will latch onto that story so much more and they will love your writing so much more and you know that's what we're going for okay so I'm gonna end it there um, however like I said next week I'm gonna talk about how do you know which point of view is right for your story and we're gonna go through that a little bit more and some of the pitfalls that I see people falling into especially new writers when it comes to POV we're gonna talk about all of that more next week okay so get out there and write some amazing stories this week I cannot wait to hear what your big beautiful brain comes up with and really consider your POV this week not only what POV you're writing your story in but as you're writing your scenes consider what your character knows what they don't know are you making sure that your point of view is from a limited perspective rather than omniscient you know maybe even consider what if I did write this scene from a different POV what if I wrote it in first instead of third or, or vice versa excuse me and you don't actually have to do that, but it's a good exercise to think about it or even write small scenes in different points of view. It can sometimes reveal some things about your characters and about your stories that you didn't know before. And remember, if you haven't gotten it yet, that I do have a PDF about planning the beginning, middle, and end of your story. So if you ever get stuck, if you're ever not sure how to get from A to B, or you know, one of those things where you have the beginning but not the end, or the end but not the beginning, or you're having trouble filling in the messy middle of your story, anything like that, this uh, PDF is for you and it will help you to kind of bridge the gaps in your story. Okay, you can get it at bit.ly forward slash finish your story, all one word, and you can download that. It's a free PDF that I made for you. Okay, um, so yeah, everyone have a great week and I will see you next week to finish our discussion about fictional points of view. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.